0: Nashville cats play clean as country
1: water. Nashville cats play wild as
2: Mountain Dew. Nageville
1: cats. Welcome to Don't Feed the Trolls. Nageville. We've got a very special guest today. We're going to be talking to Luke Rogers. Uh, you may know his brother, who is a semi-successful, okay football player, Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if Nate knows who that is because Nate hates football but hey
0: hey hey Aaron Rodgers loaded my trailer
1: Luke is uh peers I guess you could say with uh the Emory guys they go way back and I met Luke in Nashville and Luke lives in Nashville so it'd be interesting uh to have a conversation um maybe two-part if we can get him to get him to talk a little bit but uh I I want to have a conversation on on Nashville in general that Nate and I tend to have ongoing (laughs) <laughs> and uh, and potentially about, uh, you know, having little brothers do well uh, and what that's nah, more like. More like the trolls of siblings. Sibling trolls. Sibling rivalry trolls. Sure. And yeah, because it
0: doesn't have to be specific. It's just, you know, everyone has, everyone fights their siblings. It's like sure. universal. Yeah. I'm surprised it's taken us this long since you have like 16 brothers. Matt. I
1: got, I got yeah. I got uh, three brothers. I had to count. But, you have a big family. No, I going. have four I have, I have four brothers. <laughs> I missed one. Yeah. See? When you have a <laughs> See? See what happens? Yeah, I'm just troll I'm just trolling uh, tro- trolling my brothers. That's just it's how it works. It's already legends
0: of the fall over here. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like it's like the father doesn't even remember the fourth son. All right. So it's
1: Let's not anyway. mess around. Let's get Luke on. He he seems to be ready. So I'm going to bring him into the convo and see if we can get this thing going. Hell yeah. Hells yeah. Here he is, dialing him up. And Ashville Cats play Queen's Country Water Nashville Cats. Play Wild's Mountain Dean. Nice Bill Cats. Been playing since they're babies. Hey Luke, how you doing, man?
0: Good, what's going on? I'm just glad that you have a microphone and headphones. That's like
2: 90 percent of our podcast problem. People just they don't get that. Right. Well, I have a podcast, <laughs> so I, I know, and I know how to do the. I know how to do my isolated audio, so we get cleans on both ends. I know how this whole thing. Works. You know how it works. Know, it's I amazing.
1: It. It's funny. It's like we're, we're we're on our hundredth episode, and we still haven't figured that part out. Uh, we can't get our guests <laughs> ready. We just we're so just disorganized. But uh, I was asking before we cut out, um, what made you move a West Coast boy to Nashville?
2: Well, uh it was actually business related, but I really did love the city. I think I was looking for a reason to be here for about 5 years before I moved. I was living in San Diego, and that's a tough place to leave for anywhere. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I just I started, a comp- I started a company when I was finishing my MBA at San Diego State, and my business partner when I started this company lived in Nashville and he was married and had a had a kid. And so we when we when we grew enough to open up our offices and stop working remote really, it was it really wasn't a question we were gonna incorporate and, and open in Nashville just because it was so much more biz- business friendly than doing anything in California. And it kind of gave me the the impetus and the push to really get to really get out here. I, I like the community here. I love the people here. If you've spent any time in Southern California, it you don't have really that same sort of feel. It doesn't feel like home. I'm from Northern California originally, so um Kind of used to knowing my neighbors and and you know going places and seeing people I know and I, I felt like I got that in Nashville but also had all the the amenities of a big city if you would yeah so yeah so I love it here What's, I don't like the humidity what was the business <laughs> yeah
1: exactly I mean I I go down there in the summer and it's like bees the size of birds just flying at you and it's so hot and man I got my problems with it but um but the people you're You're yeah. dead on with that people do tend to and I don't know what it's like in East Nash right now because I know there's a lot of transplants, but people do tend to see you and notice you and and be a little bit more neighborly than the West coast
2: just friendly generally yeah. friendly and it's it's you know it's i think it's a, it's a little bit of that southern charm that they hold on to here. Yeah, it's I I love it. I, love, I loved the community here, and I think that was what I really really pushed me. Is that at some point I realized I had more friends in Nashville than I had in San Diego, even though I lived in San Diego. That's
1: my problem now. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's in Nashville. Yeah, we're all slowly moving here. Yeah.
1: Nate's trying to get Nate's trying to get me to start a, a business with him in Nashville. He's like, just come out here. It'll it'll make it'll make things different. I'm like, no, it's, it's everything's over the internet anyways. But uh, you know, I always feel the pressure. The Matt. pull it's a compliment to you
0: because you're like of all my
1: creative partners you get shit done
0: better than anybody i know so i love it so i've selfishly want to motivate i wouldn't with all
1: the social events on my calendar if i lived in nashville i'd just be going around pretending i'm doing stuff and telling people what i'm doing and never doing anything
0: (laughs) but i do i do relate to you luke because i uh you know we're both from northern california i think we grew up Probably like
2: what, sixty miles away. Chico, I was in Sacramento. Dude, the nine 9- the nine one six, man. We used to we used to be nine one six before they made that change, the changeover. Um it's at five one oh now. it's Five three oh, yeah. Five three oh, that's right. Five three oh I resisted yeah. it for a while I could, but you know what? At some point you lose. Do you miss Chico at all? Uh no, I don't. I miss my folks. They're still there. I miss my parents. Um I like to go visit. I like to see you know some of my friends stay there, you know how it is when you grow up in a small town. some people stay and they get married and have their families and stuff but I don't yeah, I don't miss living there um it always felt a little a little bit small for sort of the aspirations I had um you know, and there's only so much you can do in a small town there I mean there's a lot of outdoor stuff, I know you know that being from Sacramento and there's always cool things you can do outdoors. it just it always felt like i wanted to I just wanted to swim in a bigger a bigger pond than um yeah even like eighty thousand people there so
0: I'm but, I be, mean, how yeah. big – how come, like, not L.A. or New York? I mean, what's the difference between – and I think that's the natural progression is, like, people don't – a lot of people I know coming from L.A. and New York, they come to Nashville because it's kind of like you don't feel like you're in a giant city.
2: That's exactly but, what it is, Yeah. And that's kind of that's like, the, like the other day. I yeah. went to
0: a show downtown and I found parking downtown on a Saturday night. I mean, that just doesn't happen. Well, you know you're fortunate I mean? but-
2: that doesn't happen. Yeah. I mean, listen, L- LA and New York, like, I, I never, I didn't never want to be somewhere where I it felt like people were living on top of people. And, um, like, I like a little bit of space, even though it's a big city, you know, yeah. I, have, I have a yard and, you know, I, I, I can have a dog and he can actually be outside. And, you know, it, it, it just feels. Like I said, all you the East cool, Nashville all the cool too? things. Not in West Nashville, over the nations. Okay. Oh um, yeah, that's right, that's right. But you know, it's one, of, it's one of those things. Like it, like I said, it's, it's a big city, feels like a small town. Like, you, and you get all the cool things about a big city, but you have a lot of the, you don't have a lot of the things that I don't think are very attractive or cool about big cities. Like you don't have the, you know, thousands of people living on top of each other. Traffic is getting bad here, but it's nothing like L.A. Something yeah. like Manhattan, where you just basically don't own a car. And so, I mean, I there isn't a comparison to me. I think you get the best of both worlds. And if you want to live just a little bit outside the city, you can totally do that. You can live down in Franklin. That's where I want to be eventually, I think. Um, you can be Toby's you know, neighbor it, down there? Oh, yes. I was actually talking to Toby on the way, up, way over here. Um, yes. I don't know if i want to live right next to Toby. It's um, <laughs> safe distance. Lot of, we might not get a whole lot of work done if that happens. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you, you drink a lot of beer, though. Oh, absolutely! This whole like,
0: there's some value in that. You know, that's funny because I got two, I got two kids, and that's the natural progression. You leave, you leave East Nashville in the city or wherever you're at, and come down to Franklin. But um, it's pretty, it's it's kind of get a little uppity. I think Matt, you know, the conversations we've had is you felt like Nashville felt like kind of the worst of the hipster culture in terms of just everyone's doing
1: something well it's that's like it, to-, to me it was like it was like a, a blending of the of hipster and cowboy <laughs> so it's like it's like it's like portland i feel like portland's weird because they're actually weird and um and when, when i say cowboy i mean like glamour country so like the hipsters in nashville they're trying really hard to project an image of like their hair is so big and crazy and they're the way they dress is so just flashy and like, and it's all about who's at what bar doing what. And I just, I just start my, my skin starts crawling when I'm around So it's
0: small enough to like <laughs> always be self-promoting. Is what you're saying?
1: Yeah. Every, everyone's <laughs> hustling. Everyone's self-promoting, like who's who. And like, maybe if I talk to this yeah. person, I'll be cool or I'll get a gig or something. I don't know. I just, you know, I'm a proof of work type of person. Like if you, if you're a productive member of society, that will show up and doesn't matter, you know, I don't, I don't know. I always, I I don't, I don't follow the myth that like who you know helps even though I know it's semi-true, but I'm like, no, what you yeah. do speaks for itself. And you have in Nashville, I find a lot of people who are talking about doing stuff and not really doing anything and just kind of keeping it's all they're running a big Ponzi scheme or something. That's the, at least my vibe, you know, like I've got so this thing you came going here,
0: you. You would not want to go into barista parlors, what you're saying. No,
1: probably not. <laughs> I, I, but maybe it's also, I feel a little bit like maybe I would start to feel inadequate. At least where I'm at, you know, I'm, I'm just doing my thing by myself. and I don't have to compare myself to anybody. But there seems Matt, to be a we'll, big we'll, Matt,
2: where are you right now, Matt? Where do you live?
1: I'm in Canada right now, man. <laughs> I don't have to compare myself to anybody. Oh, well, uh, there. Yeah, I'm up in uh, Nova Scotia on the East Coast, Maritime Canada, Atlantic Canada. Wow. Yeah, I'm just I moved out here to um to take care of a house, old old family home that my grandparents used to live in from the 1830s, and uh, my aunt takes care of it, and she's just like, hey, move your family out here and live in it for a year, and so we did That's it. We're, cool. We made a record, my wife and I. We have a little side project called Vocal Few, and we made a record out here, and uh, now we're going to tour back to the West Coast. So it's been an awesome experience, and I I've, I've started to think I could live anywhere. But I never think Nashville is an option for me for some weird reason. We have this fight, Nate and I, all the time, and I don't. I just I don't see it. I'm like, you can't go outside I I in mean, the summer. I, I I'm neutral. I'm not like I don't love the city,
0: but I don't hate the city. It's just you know, I, I definitely don't want to go back to Sacramento. Right. And I don't really know. I don't know really where else to go. You know what I mean? Like all my friends are in Sac, so everyone's like, "Come back to Sac," and I'm just like, "Ah, that's not. That feels like the worst of California." Um like yeah, well, you
2: could yeah, be like Matt. Yeah. Matt, that's like future hipster to like to move to Canada in the like to Nova Scotia and living in an eighteen thirties house. Yeah, that's like that's like the evolution of, of the, <laughs> the next the next step in in hipsterism. Well, it's, it's crazy.
1: It's very hipster because everything here is like you know spray free, naturally grown vegetables. Like my neighbor has oh like a, this huge garden and all these like raised planters and like he brings over his stuff to me and like uh, you know we get our stuff we get our meat from the butcher shop and you know it's it's pretty natural life it's like an old you know 500 year old farming community that has remained relatively the same like all privately owned land and but there's all the amenities and i you know and, and free health care you know canada right so yeah. i got the citizenship this- so why
2: not you know does skinny jeans make it up there yet? Because if they're there, man, then we're talking about like hips or heaven. <laughs> the only My jeans are the getting problem, baggier actually as I get older, so
0: <laughs> the only problem and I would say this, this is the, like, the ever growing problem between all my friends when I have these conversations, and maybe this is just me, but I feel like you can't always you can't get it all. Because what you're saying, Matt, is like all the like the good old school living is there, but there's probably not a lot of young people there. So people, you know, f- you probably feel a little bit on the lonely side. Like, I wish I had like 10 family friends here and we could kind of partake in this, you know, back to earth lifestyle kind of out of the city, but we have some community. But then you move to the city and it's almost too much community. Yeah. Everyone's doing something. Everyone's on their phone all day long. Well, there's a lot of anonymity like, in I the just city. want to go. Yeah. Do you feel that way about, do you feel
2: that way, Luke? Like it's... Nashville's a little too cool for school, I mean some places like maybe East Nashville um I it's don't know i think I, th- I think there's this like i don't know I think this is probably a lot of places that have a lot of creative people that I think there's this like uniform that I think people think they need to wear because it's Nashville or because they're creative or because they're trying to break in the music business or they're in the music business or they're i don't know making things out of leather. You know, <laughs> making... Making beer in their bathtub <laughs> or whatever it is they're doing, it there's this there's this perception that you have to wear this certain uniform. So I think in some ways that, but I don't think it's unlike. I mean, honestly, I don't think it's unlike some of the, what you see if you end up downtown, you know, L.A. or downtown San Diego or, um which of course has a little more California vibe than here, but that's maybe a great example. But perhaps like New York or places like that. I, I think any city, there's you know very much that creative sort of young people. Hip survive trying to stand yeah. out from the group which the irony in that is that you're you're putting on a uniform that a lot of people are wearing so you're really you're really not being super unique yeah. that's the funny thing not conforming well, non-conformist I feel like, right yeah. exactly I
0: feel like the the middle ground from all this it's always the people in the middle that are kind of quasi successful you know what i mean like just kind of doing enough stuff that seem to talk the biggest game so maybe wherever like nashville you have just a high you know consolidation of people that are kind of doing creative stuff enough to right. where they feel like they have to kind of you know vocalize that much where it's like and in LA it's probably 10 times worse whereas the people I found in just being in a band like that are super successful sometimes are the most chill down to earth people ever yeah it's yeah. just that they don't like to be around the fakes but that they, but they're kind of inaccessible from from the fakes they're kind of in their own league but it's just like if you kind of are like you know like Matt and I were in small bands and you've you've done it. Speak for you yourself. My like. band was huge.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Son of a bitch. Huge
0: on MySpace. <laughs> and uh, you know what I mean? Like, you kind of get surrounded by those people, and then you can kind of easily just get this this I'm over it attitude. Like, look, guys, you know, especially when you play in L.A., you're just right. like, you play with these bands, and you're like, my, you know, there's these bar bands, and you're just like, gosh. But they have these attitudes, and it, maybe that's what we're talking about. It's just like this middle ground purgatory of cool
2: (laughs) right i think if you've if you've made it in some ways you don't feel like you have to try as much i feel like people that haven't made it have to pretend like they've made it which is this is a whole big like circle of life elton john irony and everything is that people that try to try the hardest in that sense usually the ones that haven't gotten there um Mm -hmm. yeah i'm I'm, yeah i'm with you with that for sure like the most hipster hipster you'll see although i would have to say there's the exception to the rule is um you've heard of this rapper named yellow claw yellow claw you know what i'm hmm. talking about no no i saw him at a coffee shop in nashville and i was like this is the most hipster hipster dude i've ever seen And my buddy really? i was with was like oh yeah he's like a rapper dj that goes by yellow yellow claw or something like that um so he was actually i mean since i hadn't heard of him he has like the massive not that that's my scene but i'm just saying like it wasn't like there was Jay Z sitting over there, like where Jay Z would sweatpants and they'd be like, oh, dude, those are the cool sweatpants. I'm going to go buy them right now. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, he was definitely. I,
0: I would say for me, it was like the moment I was like, what am I doing with my life? Was like I was at, I was at, I had to meet a friend at Barista Parlor who was from out of town. And there was like <laughs> 17 dudes in line. And they all had the jean shirt halfway buttoned, the like dark denim pants, and the rolled up with boots. And they all had them on. You didn't and get I the was memo. Like, I was like, guys, I don't fit in here. I got like writing on my sh- my shirt. Uh, right? Did
2: you, did you didn't wear your like cowboy hat with the flat
0: the flat bill, <laughs> flat rim, no. whatever that
2: is? But
0: it was like I, I I literally was like, that guy's the same. There's no. It's like you had to wear the the boots with the rolled up dark denim. You, c- you couldn't even have light denim. It had to be dark. What if you wore and, like uh, acid
2: wash? That would be. Yeah. Oh you, man, you'd be you, booted out. They'd be saying, "No way, brace the parlor. We're not giving you our." <laughs> Our double single origin hand squeezed <laughs> we'll give you roasted. yesterday's cold brew, okay <laughs>
0: that's it. It's like day old donuts for you, buddy so
2: what
1: what business did you um did you move to uh to Nashville to
2: kind of open up a storefront with what what was yeah, it yeah, I had to start a company in during my master's called pro merch. We were a merchandising company that worked with uh the n f l major league baseball and about a hundred retired athletes by the time we you know sort of hit our apex. Um, we had got an exclusive deal at target that I had brokered. And so we were, we really had to scale our business from just starting with like five NFL players is what I had done. And, you know, all of a sudden they want us to want us to be in all like 2200 target stores instead of just, you know, the regional ones we were in. And so we had to, we had to, me and my partner, Austin, who did the most of the production, i did all the creative really had to put our you know, put our bodies in the same place so that we could actually, you know, not have a time difference and, you know, not miss each other on phone calls. We could really be in the same office and it made sense to be here. Mm -hmm. Also no, no income taxes and no state income tax in Tennessee was real nice. It was a nice little break for the business. So that's what we did. And we ended up running it for, I ran it for six years by myself and, or sort of six years total, um, two years by myself, four years with Austin and we finished in 2015, just it's not a very fun or happy story, the way the whole thing went down and sort of ended. Hmm. Um, But it was uh, it was an interesting experience, and I guess in the, it going from you know doing having an idea in your bedroom when you're studying for you know your master's economics class, and then turning into a ten million dollar company, um, it was a pretty cool thing. It was a cool experience. Yeah, it just, that's a it, good. That's it a, was the but just to get here, so
1: that's a good little thesis gone right. Right. <laughs> the,
2: yeah you know the 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 appendix would be you know really depressing um but other than that it was it's a pretty good <laughs> story so
0: i mean i did merch for a while merch is like a really cutthroat business um i had you know i had, i i mean i was just selling to bands and i think i got a couple cease and desist letters just for doing oh, stuff Oh, we got that all the time
2: the nfl tried to sue us like four times which is fine but <laughs> which is was, fine Yeah, <laughs> it, it never stuck because really we had really good ip lawyers um and we knew what we were doing. We colored inside the lines. Uh, yeah, really I, I line. actually
1: yeah. bought some of your shirts. Um, I uh, can't remember. I think you were on Bad Christian podcast, and so yeah, I it
2: was like way way back, way way, way yeah, back, like in, in Nashville. Yeah. yeah, in
1: the beginning, and I um and I so I was like, oh that I'll check that out, and I looked up. I don't know, maybe it was like a beast mode shirt or something with yeah, Marshawn with like gold. He had like gold teeth
2: oh yeah, yeah yeah And it was like a starbucks like a starbucks, yeah uh, yeah i had that like shirt homage to them yeah that's a good that's a good one we got a definitely got one from star uh, from starbucks. <laughs>
1: i was like yeah that, how did that work because because <laughs> you got starbucks and the in the seahawks player but
2: you had no seahawks logos on it so right well that's what we did we did play a player deal that's it, it right. was an interesting thing but you know what i i bought a sherwood cd or two and a and cl- a few classic crime records so <laughs> we'll just call it. We will just call it even. Yeah, we'll call it even. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, yeah. I never personally got sued for wearing the shirt, so I'm good.
2: Oh, good. Yeah. Well, that's good. If I yeah. kept you out of legal trouble, just you know, you learn like that kind of stuff wasn't as 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 much a lesson as it was that like the big box retailers they can basically kill your brand whenever they so choose. Sure. And yeah, yeah. you may have the like the, the 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 best friends and like the right most trusted confidants inside the company and what you think is an airtight deal. Right. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Well, that's way. the sort of live
1: by the sword, die by the sword thing. If if your whole if your whole business is structured and it and granted, if Target comes to you and says we want to buy you know, ten thousand, twenty thousand, thirty thousand shirts or whatever it is, probably more than that, <laughs> uh, you're going to say yes because you want to do right. business. Um, right. But the, yeah, it's this. I mean, it's so analogous to um, being in a band because so much of. Um, there's bookends, you know, it's like you get signed and, and you get distribution and you get on these tours and everything. And then after a while, yeah. you know, the grind of that and it's like, who who's going to take you out or or what what the budget is going to be. And if things don't kind of the dominoes don't keep falling, the whole thing kind of goes, OK, well, that was a season. That was a period. But that's not sustainable anymore. You know, like, right. There's yep. you know. And but you but you obviously take from that. Right. Like you learn. You probably learned a ton.
2: Yeah, I learned. A lot. I didn't take enough, uh, fiscally speaking, I guess. From that, but <laughs> well, it but pa- it yeah. paid your bills for a while, right? Yeah, for a couple of years it did. I, I went. I went a little while without paying myself too. We had six employees, paid them. Um, but you know, there's a you know, I guess Walmart things people don't know. Walmart's like notorious for being a brand killer. Yep. Um, yeah, and Target not so much, but Target really did they really did kill our brand and there's no, you know the the thing you learn is there's another like 10 20 30 100 companies lining up for your spot um, right yeah and so that's why they don't care they don't care that like you know you spent 5 years with them and you know that you you went to meetings and then they signed contracts it doesn't in the end it doesn't really matter right because yeah uh, they'll drag out a lawsuit if you bring one until you have no company anyway and i, I was i was thinking that when i was like when I was buying Mossimo
0: gear at Target, was like, hey, oh this yeah, is like, this is yeah. the shit we used to buy when we were like in high school, and it was like fifty bucks a shirt at right. the, skate, yeah. shop. At the skate shop. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, That's stuff. And then it's like you know, it's like the six bucks shirt now at Target, but I think they actually are not in Target anymore. They're like, they're like washed up completely now. Hmm. I think they um, just, I think they're gone. Damn. Damn, see, I think you're right, though. It's like, but I mean, I remember for me, even merch, it was just like, there was always some merch guy hovering around or some company, and especially with the bigger bands, you know, they would kind of wine and dine them and then try to get their deal, and uh, merchandise for bands was a was a pretty cutthroat. You know, you, you order your shirts one time, and then they kind of get, the, it's just, you're trying to be loyal to a company, but at the end of the day, they're just printing shirts somewhere else, and you're like, you know, they're just kind of doing the email part of it all. Yeah. But I remember yeah. just thinking... You know, and I was doing custom hoodies for bands. So I got into the custom hoodie th- yeah. gig, and my buddy came to me and he's like, Hey, we got to deal with uh, a place in China. We can print them all. And so I started telling my buddies about this company. Next thing you know, I start seeing hoodies walk around, and then I email back, I'm like, Hey, uh, uh i connected you guys i thought i was getting a cut <laughs> you know <laughs> oh no we uh you know we didn't have a deal in place i'm like oh okay yeah so you think you got that deal with that band cuz you're friends with them oh, okay i get it <laughs> but but the same thing happened to me you know it was like you just—it's just so. I just remember thinking, this is seriously cutthroat. Do I really want to be in the merch business? I don't know. I—I I, I didn't want to be, so I kind of got out of it. Well, it's, yeah, it's, I
2: mean, I understand that. It's The same thing with us It's just there's such a low barrier to entry for that. Like we, so you start competing against people that, for in our business too, like with with working with the NFL, especially, you're you're competing with people like kids that are are printing shirts in their garage and throwing up, you know, ads on Facebook that are yeah. all their stuff's completely illegal, but they just disappear and they try to sell through. You know they print on demand and sell through twenty shirts they they've done it, and they'll do it with your designs. they'll pull your design right off of your off your website hmm. so you have that that kind of stuff where i mean you're always you're always chasing somebody in a rabbit hole to you know to get them to stop stealing what you're doing, and then at the same time you've got yeah, we had like the big you know eight hundred pound gorilla was the n f l being like, oh you know what you, you guys should come buy a team license from us." You know, for ten million dollars, and we're like, oh, we don't have that money. <laughs> all right, and we have a PA license with the NFL PA, uh, so we're just gonna do what we do. And then they're like, well, we're not really happy that you're in the same space we are. So, in the best way possible, we're gonna keep sending lawsuits your way so that your lawyer bills are uh, you know astronomical, which is also ended up happening. So, it's a strange, it's a strange world anyway. And all that, all that to, to be, all that to say, that got me here to Nashville, and I'm, I'm happy, I'm happy about that. I'm blessed to be. I really did want to be here. And for me, this is home. I don't really plan on leaving. Um, what did you do? You know, like when, when you know, we'll be buddies at Franklin soon. We'll be buddies. Yeah, at Franklin. we will. When yeah. you
1: when you boarded up the <laughs> the pro the pro merch business, what was that like? And what what were you thinking at the time? And and how did you transition?
2: It was de- it was pretty devastating, man. It was been my baby for six years, and um, it's hard not to think like that. You wasted a, I wasted a good portion of my working you know and career arc on something that doesn't exist anymore. And I mean, there's that's a very negative view of it. But it mm. when something that you poured it was your little dream that you held and then you let other people in on and it became something and you supported six families with, and you know, you had these aspirations and you were like, J-, we were so close. We were, I mean, I was literally weeks away from, you know, cashing a seven figure check for myself. You know, once this order was going to come in, was supposed to come in and then, you know, didn't ultimately, um, you know, I leveraged everything. So, it was massively disappointing hmm. um and it's still you know I, i'm one, I'm a person that believes everything does happen for a reason. This is one thing in my life I still haven't figured out what the reason was for this and the failure for the the failure of the company and and why this all happened and it's tough sometimes It's almost time I try to think about it to be honest hmm. um I know it got me to where I am here and I know that things it, it's sort of circumstantially speaking like you know physically I'm here in Nashville was where I wanted to be and some things that have happened to me in sort of the, my my larger non vocational life arc wouldn't have been possible if I hadn't been here in Nashville. Yeah, so yeah, So that's great. It's yeah, that's and, crazy.
1: it's crazy. Yeah. Just reminding me of, um, gosh, I'm going to exhaust this topic. But I, you know, I was listening to some Jordan Peterson uh, lectures, and um, kind of an enigmatic uh, guy who is polarizing. I don't know if you've heard of him, but um, he talks a lot yeah, of. Actually,
2: yeah. I got his, I, Donald Miller gave me his book a couple yeah, weeks ago. I was, it, at, I was at his house and Don's like, you may not agree with everything he says, but it's worth reading. Cause it's really interesting. Yeah. Chapter um, nine
1: or uh, I'm on chapter nine on 12 rules for life. So yeah, I mean, yep, that's the I, one I, I, have. I definitely yep. don't like, you know, buy, buy hook, line and sinker what he's saying, but I think he articulates some fundamental truths really, really well. And I think it's helpful for a lot of people who are kind of lost in, in, in the mess of life as it is, as it stands these days. But, um, one of the things he talks about, and it's thing, it's something I've I've learned from the the Dao De Jing too, like the yin and yang, the the order versus the chaos, and how life is the balance of those things, or not necessarily even the balance, but the 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 humans, uh, the hero, the individual's um, best position is to be at the at the border of order and chaos. And, um, so order is everything that is a charted known territory. And he talks about, uh, disorder or chaos being what is uncharted. And so when, you know, when suffering comes into our life, it is the form, it comes in the form of chaos because we don't know what to do. And so it could be the death of a loved one or the death of a dream or the death of a relationship or whatever. And, uh, but he says that everything that is, all, all that's new comes out of that chaos, all that it gets reborn out of that. And, uh, and so you just describing like, I didn't, I don't know. It, it it doesn't make sense. You know, like it, it, it doesn't have a reason or a purpose. It just reminded me of the, this notion of chaos because it just seems so senseless because you can't make sense right. of it. You can't chart it. You can't map it. It's this unknown why, but Without that, there's nothing to sort of update the present. I don't know if I'm just rambling off right now. but
0: Well, I mean, I, w- I would say that I completely understand uh, I uh, what you're going through because, you know, you build something, whether it's a company or a band, right? and then you have these aspirations. I mean, I I feel like sometimes, like I was telling buddy the other day, I'm like, sometimes I feel like I'm still kind of running on the fumes of Sherwood. Like Sherwood kind of still doing things here and there. But it's like mentally I haven't really ever moved on because I felt the same way when Sherwood kind of like, uh, you know, myspace went out of business, and our our label quit, and then we kind of just it was like what we built this band for like seven years right, and we were just on the cusp of like being a big thing and um you know we just we wrote a song that got close we just didn 't write that it, it was just the same feeling like uh, so many times now i 'm just like you know what was what it? happens when you 're kind of <laughs> yeah. dumped out in the world in your early mid thirties and you've, you don't have a job resume right. um but you've done a million things. You've been to all, you've had all these experiences, but you're like, how do I parlay this into the next step? Because people look at you like, what, what'd you do? And I'm like, well, I mean, how much time do you have? Like, <laughs> right, I mean, right. I, but what, but, but what is that worth in the real world? when everyone else is like, they just went from job to job and they've worked their way through the system and you kind of feel like, yeah, it's chewed up and spit out. And then you're, but if you're an emotional person, it's even worse. If it, if it, if it means something to your core, it's, it's harder to get over, you know
2: a hundred percent you're like you're speaking my language here uh nate i mean it's it's tough because yeah you i mean that's what i was thinking i was thinking hey i'm 30 you know at the time i was 33 and i'm like okay like all my friends have now been you know for the most part i got my mba that's great I mean, i have a master's degree but all my mba friends have now been in their jobs corporate jobs which to me is soul killing anyway but They've been yeah. in them for, you know, for the last, last six, you know, five, six, six years, five years maybe because I started in school and now I'm out and I'm like, okay, well, I built a company. I got all that. I mean, I'm, I'm sat in rooms with some of the most powerful people and, you know, the biggest sports and entertainment things in, in, you know, in the world. And yet... <laughs> They're like, well, you don't have any, you know, real direct experience in marketing. I'm like, well, I developed our whole marketing plan for a company that became a ten million dollar company, and I wore the marketing hat and the finance hat and the uh, yeah, I was COO, CEO. Yeah, yeah. C- Only I didn't do was was production, <laughs> and mm-hmm. yet it, do- it doesn't, it do- right? it's not relevant. You how do you can't value the, the market as we know it and sort of the the economics of the job market doesn't really know how to value that. So I'm with you. My resume is weird, <laughs> and so yeah. like really yeah. weird. And so then, yeah, you're back to creating again. That's kind of kind of where I'm at. So I mean, that's the
0: thing when you run a business is people don't realize. You know, someone said, well, you know, what's it like? You know, my buddy works for the Braves, and he was kind of chatting with me about maybe talking to the creative director there. And we were, I was kind of like, what's it like working for a sports team? Because I went to school at Cal Poly for uh parks and rec administrations and a lot of my you know buddies went into work for sports teams right. and you know i've heard mixed reviews like some people say you know working for a sports team's insane hours it's ins- you know they it, it's not the greatest pay because there's a million people that want to do it and um i was like telling him I am like you know I, it would be interesting i'd have to come up with a pretty creative resume but i've done uh like you said like i've made All the video work, all the promotion work done with graphic designers, worked all that stuff, you know, did deals with lawyers, did deals with the label, worked out publishing issues, uh, figured everything to fixing the tire on the side of the road in the middle of the night. It's like you feel like you've done more. Than anybody working for a company, yeah, and yet all you're qualified dudes in
1: suits. All you're qualified to be "Hmm?" is a CEO of your own company. (laughs)
2: That's pretty pretty accurate, actually, in some ways, right? You're you're not a
1: qualified pawn, you know. Like you don't just jump through the hoops of whatever people tell you to do. You do it all, and that means you're a CEO. (laughs) And if you're if you're a creative person, you like
0: to do it all, right? That's what kind of you know. That's what I loved about being in a band because it was like every day I got to put on a different hat it was like, all right, well, today we have this problem, and we're going to figure out a way to solve it. And then, yeah. and then, you know, so, but I feel you, man. And it depends on, like, kind of, you know, and one thing I've learned, Matt and I did an episode on the Enneagram, is that I'm, like, one of the most sensitive numbers on the stupid personality test. Mm. So it's like, no Del- wonder that hit me like a freight Delicate train. Delicate flower, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no wonder. Like, my bad ending, it felt like a death. Yeah. It felt like, I remember... We said it. We we made an announcement to the Facebook page, and then we just had like emails pouring in from people. And some of the stuff while I was reading, I remember just sitting in my bed, just crying, reading these emails. Like, gosh, I didn't realize like, because I know what it's like to experience it on my end, but you don't know what it's like to experience something as a fan. And just to read the stories, and, and I I just remember
1: thinking like, what now? What now? Yeah, so that's yeah. what now? That's You're hard. going back out on tour? That's what
2: now? Yeah, dude. You Do know what? why? Because there's no band scene anymore so you guys are in a great place everybody's going to go back on tour now because yeah whatever reason ED, you know, edm electronic and dance and pop and pop country filled filled the void of when we were coming up and mm-hmm. growing up there was kids played in bands and bands tried real hard and bands made it and yeah it's just weird doesn't it right. you know i would have to the whole probably a whole podcast to talk about yeah why that doesn't really exist anymore because it doesn't really it's exist faded anymore. it's
0: faded a little uh, Are you saying like music doesn't define culture anymore?
2: Yeah, that, that and they just seem, seem like the rock the scene, music. like the music yeah. scene. Yeah, of, of, of bands and rock. That that whole thing was like so vibrant and so alive and so much a part of my of me growing, of just my my story growing up and like my, you know, in Chico with all my friends or in bands. It wasn't me so much. I was more. I was like the jock that hung out with all the guys. All right,
1: Trollsters, that's it for this week. We got another 45 minutes with Luke Rogers coming next week where we talk about siblings and fame and celebrity and how to be the type of person that sees individuals. Uh, um, And I think Luke had some really interesting perspective on that. He's known and met a lot of famous people. And, um, you know, he has some stories about meeting Tom Brady. Obviously, his brother is a famous... Uh, quarterback who won the Super Bowl and, and got the MVP too, so he has that perspective too. As just being part of a family that where someone kind of just takes off and and becomes super famous, so he has an interesting perspective. And uh, we talk a lot about that. And so uh, tune in next week while we continue our conversation with Luke Rogers.
0: All I can say-